Welcome into another episode of the Five for Nothing, Hundred Nothing podcast. I'm your host, and I am Five for Nothing, Hundred Nothing. All right, guys and gals, welcome in, welcome back. You heard the Notre Dame victory march. You know what that means. Another W is in the books for your Notre Dame Fighting Irish football team. And getting to eight wins is great. Except, unfortunately, it's accompanied by three losses. So the best we're looking at regular season is nine and three. Got Stanford coming up. We're going to get there. We'll talk about that. Uh, I'll recap the weight game, preview the Stanford game. That's what we're going to do today. And the weight game, we won big. But before I get there, you know how I like to go through, do a little college football roundup, and talk about some other games that happened. Um, Michigan had a chance to, or Maryland had a chance to screw it up. I don't know. Win. Very back and forth game. At the end, towards the end, in the beginning, it seemed like Michigan was going to run away with it. Wasn't the case. It got it was 23-17, 29-17, 24 Final was thirty one twenty four. Maryland had their chances. They didn't do it. Whatever. This week rivalry week, Ohio State Michigan. I know we don't like either of them, especially we played Ohio State and they were their fans suck at life, but. This Saturday, I'm all for seeing Ohio State win. I'm over this Michigan crap. We hate them. They suck. Let's watch them lose and then be sent back to where they came from and probably not make the playoff because they haven't done anything. They beat up a bunch of high school teams like we do, and then we play the good teams and we lose. So let's watch Michigan play a good team and lose. Let's make that happen. Let's cheer that on. Uh, but it is rivalry week, which for Notre Dame that means playing Stanford. You know, not quite the rivalry of these other teams, but you know. So, so Michigan escapes Maryland, uh, Louisville escaped Miami, but there were, there wasn't a ton of stuff going on. Uh, Oklahoma could have lost to BYU, probably should have, almost did. Uh, Georgia proved again they're freaking awesome at football. Uh, oh, Clemson beat North Carolina. Forgot about that one. But that just Clemson is not the the team. What's the record now? Seven and four. They're just they're a better team than that. We know that. Uh, you know we should have beat them. Admittedly, Notre Dame should have beat Clemson, but Clemson's not a a dog team. So you know they get a win. What else happened? Kansas State beat Kansas. Washington beat Oregon State. That was a shit show because it rained uh, 
It was a monsoon. It was a hurricane. We're familiar with those. They another team played in one good for them. You know, uh, Missouri escaped Florida on a last second field goal, so they stay in the top ten. But of course, you know, there just wasn't a lot of excitement this weekend in the college football world. But I will conclude the college football roundup with our favorite talking point: Iowa football. It's see they guys they have to be in on the joke. There's no other explanation. Like they have to be in on the whole. Like they don't think we can score 25 a game. We're not gonna watch. They, they won 15 to 13. And yes, if you're betting the under, it hit. Shocker. I know. The over under was 33 and a half. You had you had five. You had a whole field goal of room. So they. they Illinois could have kicked a field goal. Iowa could have kicked another field goal. Under, still intact. They needed a touchdown because they were five and a half. So the six would have put hit the over. Couldn't do it. It was unfortunate. They couldn't do it. I don't even know. Uh, I'm going off script here. What's the over-under this weekend for Iowa-Nebraska? Oh, okay. See, people are, people are learning. People are catching on. The over-under for Iowa-Nebraska is 25-and-a-half. That's aggressive. That's aggressive. I know, like, okay, 25-and-a-half. You look at Iowa's last five games. 15 13 22 nothing 10 to 7 12 to 10 15 to 6 So the 15 13 hits I'm just saying last week the 15 13 hits 25 and a half However the rest of them do not You got it uh, 22 17 22 21 But like I don't know I feel like if you if you're ever going to bet Iowa in the over, Iowa-Nebraska is the week to do it. Go go, go bet it. Go bet it. Uh, I wouldn't, though. It's That's that that's the number. 25 is the number for Iowa football. Holy smokes. That's the number you sweat. If it's, if it's 30, you should bet the under. All day. All the live long day. But, yeah, Iowa, they won 15-13. to 13. They're going to be in the Big Ten championship game. That's going to be hilarious. They played a game that featured, which was no surprise, 13 punts. Uh, One team ran for 65 yards. Iowa threw for 167 on 29 attempts. Ugh! It's so many attempts for such little yardage. It's just just so bad. Oh my goodness, it's so bad. In fact... (laughs) Uh... I, I, I knew it, and I forgot, and I looked, and it's hilarious. So this game was 2 nothing Iowa for a minute, like for multiple drives, one, two, three, four drives, for, well, two for each team. The score was Iowa 2, Illinois nothing. Hey, you know, sometimes you got to lead off the second with a, with a two-bagger, two and then you... You get you play small ball, right? You you bunt him over to third, and then 
you know, another double, single up the middle, you, two runs. Or you do the long ball. But let's be honest, there's no way Iowa, in baseball terms, is doing the long ball. They are absolutely 1,000% playing small ball. You get a runner on second, you move him over to third. Then you hope the next guy gets a double, put him back on second. The single up the middle. But they were up 2 nothing. But don't you fear, before the end of the first quarter, Illinois made it 3-2. to two. So at the end of the first quarter, the score for Iowa, Illinois was three to two. Oh my gracious. It's, it's, it's hilarious. There's no other way to put it. It's hilarious. So we'll see what happens with Iowa this weekend. They're terrible offensively, but clearly a good defense. They got Nebraska over under 25 and a half. I've never seen it that low. It's amazing. All right, well, enough about everybody else and their offensive struggles and escaping, you know, with wins that, again, it'd be funnier and more fun to talk about if we didn't have three losses already is what it is. But we need to go out and take care of business this past weekend. So let's get into the Notre Dame portion of this podcast. Watch for the changes and try to keep up. So I predicted Notre Dame would win 38 to 10. I was so close. Final was 45 to 7. I was off by a touchdown on Notre Dame side and awake. They had the field goal attempt. They just didn't make it. So the final's 45 to 7, covered the spread. But again, let's be like at the end of the day, it looked really great. But there's still some crap that... You know, the, the reason that game went like it did... I mean, let's be honest. It's because Wake Forest, in, in no particular order, just between scoring offense, total offense, rushing, passing, yards per play, whatever. The, this is where they rank nationally. 118, 104, 84, 105, 125. They're they're not good at football, and then defensively, uh, again, just scoring, total rush, pass, turnovers, such, fifty three, sixty eight, sixty six, sixty six, sixty one, one eighteen. They're they're not good. So we did exactly what we were supposed to do. Woo! It's nice. Yes, it was fun to watch. Sure. Uh, but it, it's they're just not good at football. So, yeah, we're supposed to win 45-7 to and do what we did. And we'll talk about it. But the the kind of big picture stuff is just like too little too late. I know I've said it. I'm sure other people have said it. You've heard it. You've seen it. There were some things the offense did that you like. But it's, again, okay, cool. Where was that against Ohio State? Where was that against Duke? I know we won the Duke game, but wasn't perfect. Where was that against Louisville? Where was that against Clemson? Like there, there's great stats to look at. Estimate over 100 yards again. Touchdown. We had a receiver go over 100 yards. Rico Flores Jr. Boom, boom, boom. Eight catches, 102. Merriweather had a touchdown. Greathouse had a touchdown. Faison had a touchdown. 
And again, I go back to the names I just mentioned. Flores, Greathouse, Merriweather, Faison. Three true freshmen and one true sophomore. That's where our receiving core is at. And that... Listen, I'm not... I don't want to sound like I'm making excuses for, say, Jared Parker. Because I'm really not. But there's a reason our passing game hasn't been ideal. And we don't have the best receivers in terms of experience and such. Because that that's real. Like, you can be the best receiver, but if you don't understand route trees and route combinations and, you know, how, how to run the route, etc., how to set yourself up to be open, all that kind of stuff, right? That matters. But at the same time, as the offensive coordinator and a coach, you have to recognize that and be like, okay, you're talented. You are talented individuals. How can we make the most of that talent? And I assure you, it's not what the hell we've been doing. And all of a sudden, it shows up in Wake Forest, and you're like, oh, well, he's figured it out. And that's what I said I was afraid of happening. Like, oh, we're going to put up, what did we do, 500 whatever yards? What was it? Or sorry, not quite. 450. 450 yards of offense. Oh, Parker's got it figured out. Nobody, nobody the fuck doesn't. He's played a shit team. And that just doesn't change anything for me. Not, not to mention, it started off terribly. Three and out. Shitty punt. Good job. Way to, really, way to get senior day off to a just stellar beginning. Go three and out. Crappy punt. Wonderful. Then we get the ball back immediately because Wake Forest can't do shit. We go down and miss a field goal, and it wasn't close, Schrader. That I don't even know if that hit the net. That was bad. That was that was me on the first tee. That was not good. Then we come back with a solid drive and score a touchdown. Mix in some play action passes, and, and it, it looked great. It looked fine. It just why did it take you three drives to figure it out against Wake Forest? And then Wake ran every trick play in the book. And they find their way to a touchdown in 7-7. And I don't know if y'all were like me, but I was just, oh, here we go. Here we go. We look like not great to start. Wake decides, oh, we can't run the ball and pass the ball like a normal offense. We're going to run trick plays. They go down and score. Now all it takes is something screwy to happen. And we're, we're in a spot. But not to fear, we, they never got close. Well, they, they had the missed field goal right after that, right? So, after uh, they tied it up, we did go down to score. Then they come right back with a missed field goal. And it never never got any closer than that. Their drives were, were not great. I mean, there were how many? I thought there were multiple negative yard drives. Well, there were, but I, I was thinking after the, they had their seven already. But they had multiple negative yard drives. You know, 30 yards punt, 30 yards punt, 8 yards punt. Four plays, four yards. They they went for it. Down 38 to 7. It just wasn't good for them. But on our side, we, we still had some things that we got to do better. 
Like, the clock management in the first half, like, dude, against Wake Forest, that's fine. It's not going to hurt you. It's really not. It's Wake Forest. Okay, we screwed that up. But the big picture, that's going to cost you. Oh, well, 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 wait, it did. Our coaching mistakes cost us against Ohio State. So it already did cost us. So it's the little things, man, that you, you know, look forward. Can you afford to have a situation where you make a point to get the ball back to then immediately first play run the ball when it was, what, a minute, minute 35, uh, No, sorry. We I take it back. We did pass the ball. Let me call a timeout. Come back. It's a minute, <clears throat> like I don't know, twenty said whatever it was. And you run the ball there. It just didn't make any sense. You were on your own thirty-something yard line. That is no. You have to throw the ball. What are you doing? Then we go down. We get a big pass. We spike the ball. All right. Cool. That's fine. You know, we st- still got timeouts. Not to not to fear. Um, except we then call a timeout. I've never seen that in my life. You spike the ball, which stops the clock, saves it, preserves the timeout, reset, take your time, call a good play. Uh, we don't do any of those things. We spike the ball, stand around, look around, thumb in our ass, and then call another timeout. That that can't happen. That is a complete waste. Because now you're in a situation where you have no timeouts, and you you got to really be on point to not screw anything up. So what do we do? Hartman tries to avoid a sack, and Holden stays, makes this ridiculously athletic catch for a four-yard loss. Then you got to get up, spike the ball to kick a field goal. It was just an absolute disaster. I don't know. The three was guaranteed, okay? and But we, we gave ourselves zero chance to put seven on the board. And after the most of the first half, you wanted those seven. Because it was not looking great. Just It was not. It was not. Like, that's all there is to it. Awful clock management ends up with a field goal. The field goal was already, I say guaranteed. He shanked one, or pushed it, really. He pushed one earlier. But point being is you're already in field goal range. Let's take a couple shots in the end zone. You're not trying to get in field goal range. You're there. And just, ugh. Very frustrating. But then, Wake starts the second half with a sack fumble. And we did something that I've been dying to see for such a long time. And we immediately attacked. Immediate strike. It was a... Who was it to? Play action pass uh, to Raritan. They had the right, that beautiful pass to Raritan, which he had three. Harmon had three choices. There was a shallow cross, uh, a medium cross, and then kind of a deep corner by uh, Raritan. And Harmon put on the money. It was great. Great pass, great catch. Loved it. Right after a turnover. Boom. Go for the throat. Touchdown. Thank you. 24 7 Notre Dame. <clears throat> then Wake does nothing course oh no wait I, I take it back Wake did do nothing but first we did nothing uh, I'm skipping ahead 
That after that touchdown, we go for the onside kick. Which a lot of thoughts on that. You're up twenty-four to seven. It's Wake Forest. Why do you need to steal a possession? But okay, fine, awesome. Yeah, I would have loved to see that against a a more higher quality opponent. Is what it is. You steal the possession and proceed to do nothing with it. That doesn't make any sense to me. How are you going to steal a possession with an onside kick in a very aggressive, in a very aggressive, strategic way, only to go three plays, negative four yards, punt? I don't get it. Like, you ran the ball three straight times. You did this ultra-aggressive thing. And I, my first thought? Boom, go back to play action. Hit somebody over the top. Or at least try it. Nope. Like, eh, I know we, we just didn't want you to get the ball that quick. We're going we're gonna to get the ball back. We're going to run it three times and punt it back to you. Cool? It's just, we're going to just take some time off the clock. We're not going to do anything creative or special or... Don't worry. You're safe, Wake Forest. I, that didn't make any sense to me. That doesn't... And then you look at the play calling in itself. It was nice. I mean, we had, uh, to close out the game, three consecutive scoring drives, and there was some aggressive play calling. The big pass to Greathouse. Love to see him back and healthy doing things. But why are we doing these things against Nobody. Like, it looked great against Navy, put up 42. Tennessee State, you put up 46. NC State, you put up 45. Central Michigan, you put up 41. USC, not so much of the offense, but whatever, we got 48. Pitt, 48, looked good. Then this week, 45 against Wake. Offense looked aggressive and looked like it was trying to do something. Then you look at the other games. Clemson, 23. Louisville, 20. Duke, 21. Ohio State, 14. Like The play calling is so different. If you go back and watch those games, or if you can remember while I'm talking about it, the play calling in those bigger games, those big four, where we averaged 19.5 points per game, the play calling was so conservative and not aggressive and not willing to take shots and not willing to take a chance. But that's the game you need to do that shit. Like, I don't understand. Like, you can get away with playing super whatever the fuck football you want against Pitt and Wake and uh, Central Michigan and Navy and whoever. You can get away with doing whatever you want. Stanford coming up. We'll talk about it. You can do whatever you want. You're going to win. But you think, right? I realized last year Stanford Marshall happened. Fully aware. But... In most cases, you should be able to, against these crappy teams, kind of do whatever you want and win. And, nope, not Notre Dame. We're going to break out the super aggressive, super high-flying offense, put up 450, 500 yards against the nobodies. But then the games that really matter, the ones that will make or break your season, we're going to show up with uh, nothing special. Very conservative. We're not going to take shots. Don't want to take any chances. Don't want to be risky. And it just doesn't make sense. You you set yourself up for losing. Like, just think of think of the last six drives against Clemson when it was 31-23. to 
why not in any one of those drives was a shot taken, or and or or just being aggressive with estimate like the the whole sequence those six drives make no sense six drives sixty yards that's ridiculous that shouldn't happen but luckily for us we played Wake Forest and we outgained them four fifty to two thirty Hartman had four touchdowns you know we uh, we had multiple. Our leading receivers were all young guys. That's great looking towards the future. I That's fantastic. I actually like that. The problem I have with it is where where has this been? Where has this mindset been? You know, by the time you figured it out, too bad you got three losses and the New Year's Six is done. The... Someone is at the front door. Well, well that's unfortunate because I'm the only one home. So... I don't know who you are, what you want, but you picked the wrong time to show up at my house. <laughs> um, there's a lot live podcasting right there. Someone is at my front door. Good for them. Uh, so we got Flores and Great House and Faison and Meriwether and Raritan, all these young guys showing that they're talented. And real quick, I'm Meriwether. I'm before. By the way, I did not. I stopped watching when the score was seven seven. Went to my son's baseball games, coached third base. We kicked some ass. Hell yeah. Then I came home and watched the rest of it. It was 7-7, but I made the come before I left, before I saw the Merriweather touchdown, that Merriweather's effort leaves a lot to be desired. Just just too often, it's like he just lets the ball hit the ground. He's like, oh, all right, back to the huddle. It's like the, the effort is just... Ugh. And he catches the touchdown, and it was nice. It was wonderful. He got open, slightly underthrown. But even then, I'm not trying to be super, super critical and and mean about it, but even the touchdown, you know, and and maybe because I'm undersized and he's 6'4", but I was always coached, you know, to use your body as best you can legally as kind of a shield. And Merriweather caught that at the lowest possible point, and I feel like, he could have slowed down a little bit more and kind of used his body to guard him from the re- the defender and maybe go up and get the ball at a higher point. But it, it just didn't happen. But it was nice to see him get open and run like he did. And he ran so aggressive, he, he outran the throw. So I just hope that that's a, a spark. Because I'm telling you, if we get Flores, Greathouse, Merriweather, Faison, Raritan, all on the same wavelength, then maybe Tyreek comes back next year. Who knows? He only had one catch because uh, he had the one overturned, which I I don't get that. That was like one of the last plays I saw before I left for baseball. I felt like he had control. Yes, the ball at the ground, but it says you can it can hit the ground as long as you still have control, which you had control. I don't know, whatever, overturned, whatever. But if going back to my point is Flores, Great House, Merriweather, Faison, if they're all clicking and getting open like like they were against Wake Forest. I know it's Wake Forest. But you can see something possible, right? And and I'm trying to be optimistic here, but at the same time in the back of my mind I'm going, It's great. Like it's Wake Forest though. And the play action pass. Was that Parker's way of going, here you go, you want your play-action pass, here it is. And it was fucking effective. But, I don't know, is he comfortable doing it? It's like when you're in that relationship, you know, I'm sure everyone has been in one where 
the either yourself or your significant others like hey you know, I, I'd like if you did this more. It would really help our relationship you, if you just if you could try to do this more. And and that thing, whatever it is, good, bad, or otherwise, you're not totally comfortable doing it. And you're like, I don't really want to do all that. And it just, it, relationship never works. It blows up in your face. And it was an epic fail. And when you realize that there's a problem and it's not working, cut the cord. Right? Easier said than done. But what's the, the all this play action pass nonsense, it's like, cool but where where in god's green earth was that when we needed it when it could have been utilized throughout the entire fucking season so i don't i still am not a fan of parker coming back i don't i don't want that i really don't um unless you get something in writing in his own blood that says that things you saw at wake forest and pittsburgh will continue to happen every single game regardless of who the opponent is that's what i need because there, there were there were some, that's the thing. It's wild. There's signs of potential, right? But the signs of potential get squashed and thrown in the trash every time we play a, a team worth a damn. So it's concerning, you know. And, and then you look at, uh, you know, how good Hartman played this time. It was wonderful. That's the heart we thought we were getting. We saw it in the first four games. And then he, it's Wake Forest, so he's got, you know, they're trying to whip his ass because, hey, screw you. As Dave Clawson said today, because I'm recording this on Wednesday, so his little press came out, press conference, where we've we, you only dated him a few minutes. That's not, or a few months. That's not love. What's love? We love the guy. He was here for five years. Blah, 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 blah. Sour grapes, my friend. We smoked your ass 45-7, to 7, and Sam Hartman looked fantastic. Unfortunately... It's kind of like, he could talk shit too. He's like, hey, you took Sam Hartman, thought you were going to do something, and you didn't. Because he's not wrong. That's the truth. It's unfortunate. But Angeli looked pretty good, dude. And Dudettes. <laughs> uh, Angeli looked good. I, you know, we'll talk more. I'm not going to get into quarterback portal stuff right now. Uh, I am trying to make this quick. I do have the house to myself for a bit. The uh, wife ran to the store because we are hosting Thanksgiving. We got people coming into town in just a few hours. And uh, I needed to knock this out. I didn't even know if I would get a podcast in this week, to be honest with you. My kids are off this week. It's been kind of busy. As soon as I get home, they want to do stuff. We had baseball practice last night. So, uh I'm not going to do the QB transfer portal nonsense now, but all I'll say is Angeli looked good. And we beat Wake 45-7. to So now, we got our final game of the season against Stanford. So, I, I, if I miss something on the Wake game, please let me know. So I, I, like I said, I was trying to rush through it. We won 45-7. to There wasn't a ton to really focus on. Like I said, it was nice to see the young receivers be productive. Uh, I think, was it like 50, the freshman receivers combined for, was it 15 catches? Right? Let me see. Eight, three, yeah, 15 catches for 200-something yards because, I mean, Great House and Flores alone were at 170. So, it was great to see. Fantastic. This week, we got Stanford. 
We got Stanford, who is three and eight. We are a twenty-six point favorite. Still not betting that. <laughs> I can't do the huge numbers like that. Anything can happen. Twenty-six is too much. Go ask Auburn what a twenty-point uh, being a twenty-point favorite means. They played New Mexico State. Um, but the uh, the other little fun thing about this game is it's on only the only place you can find it is the Pac-12 network which <laughs> I don't know who has it turns out my dad does retirement must be nice he just has the like everything sports package so he gets all the channels cause what else are you gonna do if you're retired besides watch sports and my dad is a sports fanatic not just like football basketball baseball He'll watch college hockey. He'll watch college baseball, college softball. He don't care. He loves watching athletics. So, when he gets the Big Ten, Pac-12, ACC, all this business, he'll watch some random shit on a Tuesday night. And I'm like, or Tuesday afternoon when he's sitting at home. Like, that's the life, man. So, back to Notre Dame Stanford. Pac-12, only place you can find it. And if anyone hasn't heard or doesn't know, my recommendation, which I've already done, is go to Fubo TV, F-U-B-O. Not FUBU, but FUBO. And FUBU, for your for my older listeners, that's a a very, how do you, uh, I don't know, a famous, notorious, uh, memorable clothing brand. But we're talking about FUBO, F-U-B-O, TV, which is apparently just all sports. This whole thing is uh, all sports. But you can get a seven-day free trial. So go to FUBU TV. There's an app. So if you've got a smart TV, you download the app. You can watch it on your phone, your tablet, wherever. But uh, as far as the TV goes, it's got to be an app. Uh, you know, There's a website, but to, to watch, it's through an app. So it's got to be on a smart TV or a phone or a tablet. But you go to FUBU TV, free trial. Boom, boom, boom. You're all set up. And for the seven days... Get the most expensive one. It's like the premiere or the premium or something. Why not? You're if you're smart, you cancel before they charge your card the eighty bucks or whatever the hell it is. So, but that's where you got to go to watch it because it's on the Pac-12 network. Because I am not leaving my house. I'm gonna have people still over, and we're all gonna watch it together. They don't give two shits about Notre Dame, and they're gonna laugh at me when I start screaming on television because Notre Dame's doing something stupid against Stanford. So. But what I find funny and interesting is the final Pac-12 Network game features Notre Dame, not Pac-12, never been Pac-12, never will be Pac-12, more ACC, if anything, versus Stanford, who is already announced absolutely going to be ACC. So my question is, will that count towards our new ACC streak that we started uh, last week of one? Because we tried to restart it, and then we lost to Clemson. So we restarted it again against Wake. But does Stanford count? Because in the future it will, right? So we'll see. But all right, so let's talk about how uh, not good Stanford is at football. Because it's not it's not good, guys. It's not good at all. So they are 3-8. and eight. Their wins are Hawaii, Colorado in double overtime, and Washington State. And they beat Washington State 10 to 7, Colorado double overtime 46-43, Hawaii 37-24. The rest of their games 
I mean, they lost to Sacramento State, guys. They lost to Sac State. They lost to Sac State. Now, what's funny is I I believe uh, it was a Troy Taylor. I, I honestly don't know. I think it's Troy Taylor, their head coach. That's where he came from. Like He went from Sacramento State to, to Stanford, so I guess they scheduled the game. And Sacramento State said, hey, thank you for leaving. We're going to go ahead and beat you now. Now it's your power five. You think you're fancy. So, they lost Sacramento State. lost to Arizona. But they got some bad. 56-10 to USC. 42-6 to Oregon. 42-7 to UCLA. 62-17 to against Oregon State. They give up points and they give up yards. And it's not great. And they're not super competitive. I mean, they had... They have multiple games where they're giving up nearly 400 yards passing. 369 to Washington, 400 to Colorado, 393 to USC. Uh, it's their offense and defense across the board is not good. Because that's the other thing. I'm, I'm talking about how many points they're giving up, but they're not scoring points either. 15, 17, 10, 7, 6. 10, 20. Those are not winning numbers. And as you look at their their offense, I mean, there's a reason they only average, and we discussed that Notre Dame's number for scoring, quote-unquote, offense, has some baked-in defense and special teams. All right. So that lowers the number, right? So Notre Dame's 35.7 points per game is actually lower, as I've discussed, by about six points. Because of defense and special teams touchdowns. Stanford's scoring offense average is 20.1. So if they have defense and special teams touchdowns, their offense is even below 20 on average. Like they're basically playing the the uh, Ohio State, Duke, Louisville, Clemson games week in, week out, as it seems. I think that's nuts. That's nuts. Meanwhile, their defense is giving up 36.6 points a game. Not good. But you look at their offense, and it it's interesting. All right. So their quarterback is Ashton Daniels. Not Jaden Daniels, luckily. Hopefully we, we don't see him in the ballgame. Because the guy's good. Just the guy's good. Call it what it is. All right. Let's not be haters. The guy's good at quarterbacking in college football. But we don't have Jaden. We have Ashton Daniels, who averages 190, 190. Sorry, I kind of mumbled through that. 190 yards passing per game, 58% completion, 11 touchdowns, seven picks. Nothing special. Oh, and he's been sacked 23 times for negative 139. They're like that's okay. So they don't run. They don't pass the ball. Obviously. 190 a game, that can't be good. What's their running game look like? Well, their leading rusher is Ashton Daniels. <laughs> he has 295 positive yards, or cumulative, I guess you could say. I misspoke. 295 yards on the year. But when you take out the sacks and adjust it and such, so on and so forth, he's got 434 yards rushing at 5.7 yards of carry. But with this the sack in there, it's it's not as high, obviously. 
But what I found funny is I'm looking at their numbers. I was like, oh, Ashton Daniels, he's he does it all, which isn't much. They're three and eight. Good for him. But I was like, well, who's their second leading rusher? And it's their backup quarterback who has the most carries on the team. It's like, what is even happening? Yeah, uh, Lampson, he's got 110 carries for 252 yards as a running back. But passing-wise, he's got three 100-yard games. He does have no touchdowns and two picks. But he only averages 48 yards passing per game. He runs the ball a lot. And for perspective on what kind of passer he is, um, he did play quite a bit in the terms of throwing the ball against Oregon State uh, two weeks ago. He was a 4 of 16 for 42 yards and a pick. He's also been sacked 14 times. Uh, so whether it's Daniels or Lampson, I'm not really worried about the threat of the pass, combined with the fact that our pass defense is like top five in the country and most categories you want to be top five in, <laughs> defense, uh, passing defense. So I'm not too worried about them. Uh, and they're, they're young guys. They're both sophomores, but Daniels or Lampson, who cares who it is? And then after that, the only two running backs that really see carries are E.J. Smith, Emmitt Smith's son, who only has 52 carries, and Casey Filkins, who we remember him from last year. He played a pivotal role in beating Notre Dame 16-15, uh, I think it was the final last year. Uh, but they only have, they their combined carries are less than Daniels, by himself or Lamson by himself. So I they seem to run through these two quarterbacks. But then, you know, people will tell you, oh well what about what about that receiver, Ayamanor? Or it's probably Ayamanor, but Elik Ayamanor. He has fifty five catches for nine hundred and fifty five yards and six touchdowns. And that sounds great. I wish we had that, right? I wish we had a guy, 55 catches, 955 yards, and six touchdowns. The problem is, he had the 13-catch, 294-yard game, three-touchdown game against Colorado. That accounted for 25% of his catches, 31% of his yards, and 50% of his touchdowns. And you're like, oh, okay, well, what do the rest of the games look like? Well, he also put up huge numbers against Washington and UCLA. Which, by the way, okay, the Colorado game, they won. Washington, they lost 42-33. UCLA, they lost 42-7. But in those games, he managed to... Uh, he had 9 for 146 and 8 for 90 in those games. So, so he's putting up yards in three games. So the, those Washington-UCLA combined for 236. What I'm getting at is he has... 55% of his yards, 55% of his catches, and 67% of his touchdowns in three games. And he's got to go against Notre Dame? Like, it's not going to go well. Because their second court, uh, receiver, Tiger Backmeyer, he's got him in the same boat. On the season, he's got 36 for 409 and two touchdowns. But in the Washington-UCLA games, he had 18 for 170. That's 50% of his catches and I don't know how many exact percentage of his yards but 
like 30-something, almost 40% of his yards. And what do those teams have in common? UCLA and Washington? In yards per game, obviously we know Colorado's defense is terrible. I don't have to go into detail on that one. But Washington and UCLA rank 118th and 91st in yards per game passing in the country. Notre Dame third. Notre Dame gives up the fourth, uh, is ranked fourth in completion percentage. Fourth in passer rating. So, don't think those yardage you see, they're, so, they're very misleading. Much like Notre Dame's scoring offense. Super misleading. Those aren't the real numbers when you look at break it down further, right? So, in this case, with Iamanor and Backmeyer, they look great. You break it down, you're like, oh, shit. You put, you got all your stats in like three games. Okay. They're not going to do that against us. The, their one threat they really had coming in the season was uh, their tight end, Urasek, but he's hurt. He's I don't know if he's going to come back. He's missed the last th- two games. They thought he might be back last week. Didn't happen. You know, we'll see. He might be just done. Uh, so I don't I don't know what anybody can expect Stanford to do against this Notre Dame team. Do I think we're amazing? Not even a little bit. But here you go. I these are rankings I pull for almost every team. Very basic, simple. Talk about scoring, total offense, rushing offense, pass offense, yards per play. Defensively, scoring defense, total rush, pass, turnovers. The, the these are the, these are the numbers that Stanford ranks. Like forget the 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 hardcore number. Forget offense, defense. This is all you need to know about the rankings. Is where Stanford is. 107, 91, 110, 55, 109, 122, 127, 47, 133. Heads up. There's only 133 teams in the whole country. They rank dead last in pass defense. Turnovers per game, 131st. Then 104. So, like, just... There, there's two numbers be- below 60 in their rankings. One is their rush defense, and the other is their pass offense. But as I mentioned, <clears throat> a lot of those pass offense numbers have been super inflated based on a few games. Uh, and you just look at Notre Dame's side, like, this, their offense and defense are worse than Wake. So, like, it's, I mean, it's close. Don't get me wrong. Like, the, there, there is some... Yeah, I'm looking like they're Wake was better rushing than passing. Still not great though. But total offense, you got Stanford at 91, Wake at 104. Scoring, Wake was 118, Stanford's 107. Okay, so maybe Stanford's slightly better, but defensively it's not close. Wake at least came into the game with remotely good. No, that's I'm not even. I'm, why am I trying to talk them up? They they were mediocre. They were in the middle of the pack. 66, 66, 68, 61 rankings in certain stats. Big look at Stanford, dude. Like, I don't know how we don't win this game, forty-five to seven. Still not going to bet the twenty-six. Ain't happening. But I don't see how we don't win like forty-five to seven. They they're just not good. Um, but do what do I want to see? I. I don't know. I hope we win. We're up by enough so we can get more Angeli. I want to know what Angeli can and can't do. That's what we need to know. 
That's what we need to understand. Where does Angeli fit going forward? So at least we have a, an idea, a concept of what to expect. And I don't really care what Parker does. I don't. I'm not. I'm over it, dude. Like I want it to look good, so we win. It'll be fun. But you're not proving anything by beating the team that gives up 36.6 points a game, gives up 457 yards a game, gives up 315 passing yards a game, and ranks, you know, 127, 133, 131, 104 in important categories. Like that doesn't prove anything to me. Like good, you're supposed. I don't. We're Notre Dame. If you're lining that up on the other side of the football, we should win every time. So you're not proving anything to me. But I would like to see the young guys, because <clears throat> that's where it has value, right? They don't know any better yet. <clears throat> like they're learning. I need them to step up and and you know go for another hundred yards, two hundred yards uh, uh, combined. You know that would be fun. So, uh, so my. I'm just going to do it. 45-7. to seven. That's my prediction. Notre Dame wins 45-7. to seven. Just double up what we did last week against Wake Forest. So, it's not senior day. But we can go 45-7 again out on the West Coast. Pac-12 network. But uh, that that's that's where I'm going to finish it up today. So, because uh, my dog is losing his mind in this room. But I didn't trust him. He's a puppy. I don't trust him out wandering in the middle of the living room. And if I put him in his kennel... And he knows it's not nighttime. He's going to go ballistic. He's smart like that. But anyway, thank you all for tuning in. Um, I hope everyone has an awesome, blessed, and happy Thanksgiving. You get to see family, whether you're traveling, staying at home, doing whatever. Enjoy it. Watch football. And I will be putting away some Irish car bombs, or at least one, uh, come Saturday when we face off against Stanford. So, uh, oh, the last last pit. I always got to remind you guys, go to SaturdaysCount.com. The holidays are coming up. SaturdaysCount.com. Go there. Put in the promo code ND5. Buy one. Get one free. Get a t-shirt. Only so many Saturdays. Make them count. Go there. Check it out. They're, they're good good guys doing a good thing, and it's, it's a fun catchphrase. And Notre Dame's going to make this Saturday count. I'm confident in that. So. Thank you all. You know where to find me. You'll see me on Twitter. Hit me up. I love the interaction. Until next time. Go Irish. Beat Cardinal. Five for nothing. Hundred nothing. Outs.